0: Welcome to Advanced Fashion Disruption with co-hosts Benson Roberts III and Megan Somerville, where we discuss the tragic, the predatory, the glory, and the deep beauty of fashion. I think I want a treat. <laughs> that sounds wonderful. My 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 new dog wakes me up every day at 6:30, uh, which is kind of awesome. She's really good about asking me to go to the bathroom, um, and she gets insistent. I'm like, honey, just go back and lay down. I. I was up in the middle of the night for three hours. I I need to sleep until 7.30 at least. Um, and Umbra's all about it, too. She's like, you lazy asshole, you wouldn't do this for me. Well, you know, yeah. you weren't very loud about it or pushing. Um, <laughs> do you, you want a seat, honey? I can give you a seat. It's not much, but I don't know if you should eat pumpkin seed. I'll give you a cookie when I break into those. Okay, our episode. <laughs> Well, what I
1: love about our episodes and um, these moments that we get to talk to each other and and especially now that this Chromebook is coming to you is that because you log in with your Google login and all of that stuff is tracked now, you get ads served with different things um and i would say now that we do a lot more fashion talk and podcast in, in the presence of our devices that i'm being served a lot more um designers content that i would have never known about and so for me personally being inspired by what's going on in other countries or you know what a really refined voice and look is from a designer i've not heard of who's been around for a while it, it's really i've really enjoyed that aspect of our podcasts is the same thing happening to you yet
0: no i yeah. get ads for shoes <laughs> well yeah you sex, ed- sex edition um i'm constantly being invited to either buy viagra or have sexual addiction counseling and i'm like yeah. i'm like this algorithm this algorithm needs to catch way to up um the fabric mm. i know everyone who's got a swatch book out uh but no real fashion Mm-mm.
1: wow well okay so i want to share with you um one that popped up in uh, my feed um, this week. And their name is Joelle Pimento. And, and I'm from Texas, so pardon me. But um, his work is really very inspiring. And, I, and I'm happy to um, put that um, link to their work or their Instagram in, in our um, podcast notes notes. But I'm just blown away. I'm really blown away. Like season after season, looking at their work, I'm just it's good good it's like what i would see at the student shows in new york
0: it's so good yeah no i think that that um i i I found his website when you turned me on to him this morning so megan she's like does it bother you when i just send you random designers that i want to talk about and i'm like no god thank you um i i love looking at other people's work and i bet that's why social media Doesn't hit me with a lot of fashion, because in those years that I was retired because of that lung injury, I would not let it show me fashion. I didn't crack a magazine. I didn't want to be involved in the industry because not doing my life was so painful. So uh, uh, that learning algorithm may just remember that I will uh, I will voraciously delete uh, fashion news. Um, So, yeah, I'm really thrilled that you turned me on to uh, Joao. Gray Sheep is uh, apparently the name of his company. (gasps) And his website says that... (coughs) Joao Pimenta finds alternatives for the man of today in the women's closet. The environment is fragile for an open-minded male gender who dresses himself without thinking about sexual preference. Working with reference to Brazil's social contrast, specifically rich and poor... The designer experiments with streetwear and tailoring, and the the goods are exquisite.
1: They're so Ooh. good. The colors doing- are just incredible. I mean, like his one show just in black, really concentrating on the silhouettes and the lines and shapes created around the body structures and types. I'm just like it. it It was really, it was delicious. I have to say it was just a delicious moment of inspiration of just really kind of diving down and learning about a designer I had had never heard of before.
0: Their tailoring is impeccable. Their fabric choices are eloquent. And I see the feminine aspect, but these do not look like feminine clothing. They are definitely men's clothes.
1: Yeah, they don't they don't read that way to me, and maybe it was the one, um, what do you call it, the one show of theirs that really had more lace pieces that fit more closely to the body, but I didn't read that as a voice to the whole, you know? I really didn't.
0: Um, and I'm looking at his new collection, and he does have some men in these big, beautiful almost hoop looking skirts but they don't read um they don't read feminine mm-hmm.
1: yeah well and and maybe it's more of um this focus now on accepting that the traditional boy gender role that has been set up in western society um is starting to open up more towards accepting boys you know nurturing dolls as opposed to like you know that kid shouldn't be holding that doll they should be holding a gun is a bunch of bullshit right a bunch of bullshit and so i i see some of the details that i would have associated with um an earlier designing time you know like um 1700s type of um, embellishments that are on more modern garments um, that would read, you know, like it's feminine. But I think that what it does is it more, it embraces a softer side, a more, I don't know, a more open side.
0: And and these, um, these skirt jacket combos that I'm looking at, there's one that looks like it's in... Um, some sort of a reptile skin and another one that looks like it's in a a wool cotton blend. Um, they read to me as, um, whirling dervish Sufi garments. I mean, Mm -hmm. they don't, they, I don't look at this and think, Oh, a dude in a dress. And there's nothing wrong with a dude in a dress. I don't mind that, but I do appreciate when a designer is able to express something, um, that, that, doesn't costume the person wearing it, even though it's quite opulent and extravagant and unexpected. I could actually see these people um, shopping. I mean, I wouldn't be shocked to see them, you know, walking on the streets of New York, as opposed to a dude in a, in a, a lace, uh, you know, evening gown. That might be a little, um, not odd, but, it, you know, it would be unexpected. I wouldn't not expect these. these. These are just flawless very masculine cuts for a jacket and skirt combo and his, his uh, draping of these skins and layering is just, it's exquisite. I'm really glad was, you turned me on to him.
1: I was just like, I, I sent it to Rachel. I sent it to you. I sent it to my bestie Danny. I'm like, I just love this. This is so inspiring. And I think that again, it nods back to being a, a exposed to other designers or having designers who you might have known about or are younger than you who become almost like a visual mentor or a visual inspirer. Um, And like, I can't help not share those things. And I, and I think not doing um, or paneling here at the university and the fashion schools, they don't have a um a panel of um industry professionals talk to their graduating students like they did in texas i miss that
0: like a lot a lot and
1: michigan
0: and york and and that's weird Um, mm
1: -hmm. and so um i don't know like being i'm i'm As we are doing this podcast and um, as I have my phone really close by me and my FBI agent is listening in and wants to feed me all of this stuff, I am really becoming more and more open to these discoveries of designers who... and. It's my understanding that um, Brazil's politics are not awesome um, and I don't wanna dive into it very deeply because it's not my forte um, for that particular governing body, but I hear it's not great. Um, and the fact that this incredible sets of collections are coming at, at, from one designer in those circumstances is another reason why you know we're, we're starting all of
0: these discussions that we're starting. And you know that american exceptionalism that is so problematic here and everything from putting the gun in the baby boy's hand and telling him he shouldn't play with dolls to continuing to protect the gun industry and letting the impoverished just fuck themselves um that american exceptionalism keeps us from looking at the cultures and the artistic output including fashion of other places and i know you know, African fashions made this big um, sort of influx into people's um, awareness of global fashion. I've been following African fashion since the 80s. I've been following fashion in uh, South America, Argentina, since the 80s. Um, they just do some really interesting things culturally. A lot of what I'm seeing in this young person's collection is I, I mean, here's an exquisite pair of of gaucho jeans that have um, damask-printed. Um, actually, it looks like they've sewn sequins in a damask pattern. Cleverly done, well-placed. Uh, he's got a, 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 a rider's jacket on with, it looks like, uh, some sort of five. It's just beautiful. and And it's obvious that the culture in Brazil, which, by the way, is big on cowboys and Indians and cattle people, um it's it's not it's not surprising that this is coming from that place and not from Los Angeles or New York is what i'm trying to get at
1: right like i would say that this would be one of the more cutting edge and exciting shows if it had been here in the states i mean it, like and i would i would be writing about it as such like you know what a great privilege to be able to see a show like this. And so and, and that's really why I wanted to have that be a, an episode as like you can really be turned on by somebody else's work who's brand new to you. And you don't even like it might not even be in my financial realm to ever even own a piece, but what I can do is I can look at it with an objective eye and go that is fashion and art right there.
0: Isn't isn't that what got us all started anyway? mm mm-hmm. Mhm. You know, it's just just looking at garments and magazines, or advertisements, or on people walking, or the odd uh, fashion show that you might have seen in the news, mm-hmm. and being blown away by the artistry. Um, and, and I don't know why America, you know, Americans still tend to um, really revere the Europeans. It, it's just such a beige thing to do. People, um, there's more there's more fashion in in Europe than just in uh, London, Rome or London, Milan, and, and Paris, I mean, as we've discovered through Jen Sittery and the Angel for Fashion, the Ukrainians, and several of those designers I was aware of, I just don't think I knew that they were necessarily Ukrainian. Ukrainian designers are putting out world-class work, and none of us have ever seen them because it doesn't play into our American exceptionalist, beige idea, of being the center of the universe with a few of our wealthier, uh, yet not as warmongering cousins in Europe doing some decent work too. Right. And it's happening all over the world.
1: <clears throat> so I feel like all of these designers um, from all of the world are essentially taking a back seat to this us branded exceptionalism that we have and these shows are being put on with these subpar design choices in them um or creations or whatever you want to call them and and i find it that it's really 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 unfortunate because that's not exceptional
0: it's not exceptional. it's just not huh.
1: um but people like joelle i just like i'm i'm still speechless blown away like it is such an overload of inspiration to me that i'm just like i I stutter when
0: i start thinking about it And, and you know obviously you're not going to recreate what you're seeing but the fact that it sparks that that joy that interest that that wow factor i mean i my first great love was chinese um ming from malaysia and um I lived with him and, and all of his roommates over in Windsor, Canada, Ontario. And they were a troop of Chinese drag queens. Um, and Ming was a punk, but also a Chinese drag queen. And they were all students at university. And of course, they had all these uh, interesting fashion magazines, Chinese versions of magazines that that I would expect uh, a, a group of young gay men to have here. Fashion magazines, lifestyle magazines, music magazines. And I remember going through these Little Reader's Digest um sized basically uh fashion magazines trends of today and and clothing from uh singapore and clothing from malaysia and clothing from uh korea and vietnam and all over asia and just being blown away by what they were doing that no one was talking about Uh, we had we had we had um comedy garcon we had um yamoto um, and we had Esimiyaki, you know, those were the three Asians that we talked about. And all of them completely freaked out the European and American fashion industries with their disruption, you know, from from everything we're going to do is black and plain and shapeless to. Um, so like it, it should have been obvious to anyone interested in fashion that they should look outside of the pablum that we're fed. And I think that that's a big reason that now all of these little regional shows are just sort of pathetic. It's because we we refuse to look past ourselves. We refuse to think that anyone could be as good or better than us, and that is stifling to us. That's stifling to our creativity. That is stifling to our, our sense of identity. It's it's stifling to our ability to be a a, a, um, a global citizen, quite frankly. That we don't ever look past our borders at anything unless it's oil or land that we want to acquire. And that's just sad.
1: Well, and neither of us want to squash people's creativity or the process of, uh, I've made a lot of bad fashion. I'm I, like, I'm not going to even lie, but I had to make a lot of bad stuff before I got good. And I, essentially had a savant advantage in that I got good really quickly as opposed to it took me forever to learn it but it takes repetition and you have to screw up a lot of things and you have to pick out a lot of seams before you don't make that mistake again and so i think that there's too many of these conciliatory everybody gets a um, a trophy mentality in fashion right now when their friends ought to be like, girl, I've got a great class for you. Right? You should come and take this beading class with me. You should come and take this couture finishing technique class with me. You should like. Or, and oh, so I mean, I d- how
0: about you should just come and take a sewing class. Or
1: a sewing class that you can't put those fabrics together. It's going to look like that every time.
0: Every time. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> okay, You can put those fabrics together and let me show you how with a stabilizer. So I'm. Um, mm. But, but yeah, you should know what you can't do before you figure out how to actually do what you can't do.
1: And so, you know, I, I wanted to share somebody who just became instantly influential on my fashion radar. Because when people say, you know, who is, you know, there's not very many male designers out there designing for men. Um, I can directly point to this like I am in love with this aesthetic. Please go consume this.
0: Go check it out. And
1: so, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so when when I see that that just appears from the periphery into a, a more centralized view, it makes me really mourn for the cheapening of fashion and And my, my resolve for that to change because there are a buttload of people that are way talented that got taken advantage of early on in their fashion careers and haven't been able to put the pieces back together, um, past, uh, you know, the, the ego saying it was you, you screwed up. It wasn't any of this stuff on the outside at all, or the way that fashion community works. No. So I I want to see I want to see you know if my my Google phone and my computer are listening I want to see more of this I want to see things that are inspiring that really go head to head with the status quo in our local communities that is calling itself you know world changing fashion garbage.
0: Well, let's hope that uh, Zuckerberg <laughs> and his and his boss are listening today, um, Boopy, boop. because I wouldn't mind seeing some more. Um, world fashion in my feed i don't necessarily need to see what every other american's doing um although i love american fashion please don't get us wrong i love american fashion i'm an american fashion designer for god's sake but look outside of yourself look outside of our culture if you need to be inspired or want to be inspired maybe we should put on our list of things to talk about uh international fashion favorites where you and i can actually talk about the people that may not be household words um, and talk about why we why we so are enthused by them. I mean, I look up literally. This is this is one of my Google search terms: weird, fucked up, new fashion. <laughs> I love it. Like I, I well, when I when I want to see something new, I I I ask it to show me the crazy stuff, the stuff that people often make fun of, and and I that's how I discovered Gareth Pugh. You know, uh, he wasn't mm-hmm. really on anyone's radar well and
1: i think that what kind of dovetails into a lot of this and maybe is an umbrella to it is is being inspired and then taking that too far when you're inspired by something that is culturally created um to where people then say oh well you've appropriated that right and so i think it's being really conscious to the fact that you're that you're inspired by palettes of colors, or um, you're inspired by a, a, you know a certain shape um, from a culturally specific um, design inspiration, but that um, some of it can um, you know outside of the weird fucked up new fashion <laughs> can really borderline on some of the appropriative stuff that you were talking about a little bit earlier about African fashion and even, and that was very clear in the Dior exhibit that came here to Denver, Right. um, that even Dior had a moment where like, I'm very inspired what's going on in Africa and the design. And I want to um, interpret it into my own aesthetic. And it was borderline. It was really borderline. Um, and, that, and if I'm, if I'm truthful as a white lady,
0: that's a whole yeah. subject, add that to the list. Uh, what mm-hmm. is appropriation? What is not appropriate? Okay. Appropriation versus, um, appreciation.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and, and, I don't always think, I think that there is, um, misappropriation. I think that when things are misappropriated, that is where the big problem is. Uh, You obviously should not be appropriating things from people's spiritual beliefs, religious customs. Um, However, you know, I don't think it's a problem for cultures to borrow. America wouldn't be here if we were not the great melting pot. Our language Mm -hmm. uh, features Arabic words and Greek words and French words and Spanish words that we don't even stop to think are not actually English because we have we have appropriated from everyone that came here, they were they were adding something. And it gets very problematic when, when we deal with um, anti-black and anti-brown and anti-yellow and anti-red white uh, supremacy racism. And because uh, white folks still get away with things that black folks and brown folks can't get away with. You know, white women yeah. wear dreads to work and not get fired. A, a black kid is held down and his head shaved so we can graduate for having the same hairdo so there there are power dynamics that go with appropriation and Mm -hmm. and please don't ever let us become the appropriation police because nine times out of ten the folks who are bitching about appropriation are white people who feel really guilty while like people from other cultures are like no we're cool with this no they're just exploring no we're happy and you you know um um Kimono's in America. That's we're happy that you're celebrating our culture. So we we need to to also listen to uh, the folks whose cultures we're appreciating, appropriating, and misappropriating from. We need to learn to listen to other people,
1: and you know, also letting designers know that it is completely appropriate to fall in love with textiles from all over this planet. Uh Because I mean that knowing a texture um, and having an artistic idea about how that would structurally be on the body is why we're all here. And, um, you know, like it's a, it's like this big, big subject. Right. And I, and I think you're right. I think it stems off into four or five and I, and um, you know, we have a whole summer's worth of content now.
0: (laughs) Really? Mm -hmm. truly,
1: Yes. Mm-mm-mm.
0: I'm eating sunflower seeds. I'm sorry, people.
1: Oh, no worries. I, I
0: got the munchies. I wanted to gnaw on some seeds. My body needed some quick protein. Um, and honestly, you know, art, art, what is inspiration if it's not seeing other things from other places and being inspired by them? Art has always crossed boundaries and borders. Mm-hmm. You know, Uh, The Romans borrowed liberally from the Greeks who borrowed liberally from the Minoans. And and it's been that way forever. Um, So it is something that we should probably really spend a few episodes talking about. And, and, you know, it's another version of, is that actually good? And is that actually evil?
1: No. Yeah, it's true. Well, yeah. And, and, and I, you know, going down that same good and evil path and choosing um, textiles and whatnot. I think that that is like four or five episodes too. (laughs) But, um, you know, I just think that, I think that looking at what's going on currently, even though sometimes people can feel like that that's going to sway them in one direction or the other, I think that culturally worldwide the human being it's important for us to understand other cultures um, decorative um, embellishments for their garments about you know is it specific to a certain um, set of um, rules within their culture, or is it, you know, just based off of you know that person wants to look like that? I think all of these are really important subjects to begin talking about for um, existing designers and other designers who are wanting to be mindful about the artisans that they're creating with. Because when it comes down to it, uh, there's not enough time in the day for me to learn how to weave, no matter how desperately I would want to do that. Um, and there's no time in the day for me to really become a prolific beater, um, even though I really enjoy doing my smaller projects. I mean, and so you're talking about working with artisans out of different cultures to create a mind's eye vision and being cognizant to all of that and, and this ripple effect, um, and how large the ripple effect is for fashion um, on the entire planet. What I'm essentially saying is that there's not enough time for me as a designer to learn all of the things in fashion for myself as a skilled worker. And so I have to work with all of these world artisans and be open to what that ripple looks like in this community in this world community. Right. Right. And it's just, it's kind of, it's kind of baffling and humbling a lot of times when you think about, okay, well, all of the fabric behind me is not just a weird obsession. It actually had a measurable benefit in its purchase to the person that I bought it
0: from. Right? And to the person who supplied it to them and to the person who supplied it to them and to the person who shipped it to them and to the person who bought it from the merchant who made it mm-hmm. it is the global fashion chain is an intense complex situation and I will tell you have you ever worked uh, one-on-one with with um fabric makers have you have you been fortunate to do that yet
1: only like um in the small boutique scale of like um hand uh, not any larger than that
0: Okay, so I, I work with a, a seven or eight different facilities in India when I need hand beaded fabrics produced. Or if I need things beaded, I can actually send them the the, the patterns and have them bead within the patterns. so I cut and sew and add the, uh, the beads on the seams and I'm good to go. Um, this place has like 8,000 potential colors. And when I send them shapes... Um, they have in the past asked me, well, what do you want us to put in them? And I say, you're the artist. I, I'm not going to tell you how to do your part. I just need these colors. Like, I and like they, your work. Do your thing. They loved They said I was the only Western designer who didn't try to control the entire process. And I said, I chose you uh, for this particular, I, I mean, there are eight or nine folks, I, I, all the way to a handmade artisans up in Kutch, mm-hmm. India. Uh, that I work with. And and I, I specifically chose you because the way that you do this is what I'm looking for. And I don't want to stifle your creativity. I don't want to just make you um, a hired servant. You're an artist. Do your thing. I will love it no matter what it is. You, you may shock me. It may not be at all what I expect, but I'm open to that.
1: Well, and I think that that's what's so interesting about you know discovering new designers is also discovering new um, you know surface design embellishers or you know being connected to um, somebody and like look at this person's work like you know if you let them run the gamut and you give them these parameters just watch them go because they find joy. And it has a ripple effect like and I, and we talked about it about like water for chocolate, about pouring love and intention or sorrow into food that you're making. The same thing happens in your garments. And I think that when I look at somebody news work like I did today and I shared with you, I think that there was so much love in that work, Benson, because I had enjoy. that visceral and joy. Yes.
0: Uh, yes. his work is very joyful I found myself intrigued and interested but I also found myself smiling at the audacity of it mm-hmm. at the uh, refined uh, cuts and 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 all of the interesting little details that make it so uniquely his so I totally feel you on that yeah. and I want to say one last uh, statement about appropriation mm-hmm. uh, number one motherfuckers you shouldn't be copying anyone's work period the end so when you see something from another culture that you like, it should not show up verbatim in your fucking collection. And if it does, shame on you. There is a difference between copying and being inspired.
1: Yeah, like I wouldn't put, um, I wouldn't put Native American beading on any of my garments because I one don't have the expertise to do that type of bead uh, uh, I technically know how to do it yes however I don't know the significance of any of the designs and it's none of my fucking business right
0: <laughs> now, at the same time I know that you would buy beads from native american bead makers and use them the way that you wanted to because that would be a healthy way of supporting Native American artists. Absolutely. We absolutely should not be copying Indian symbology uh, from regalia onto fashion clothes. Um, if anyone's going to do that, let it be the, Native, the, the amazing Native Americans. There's another episode. Uh, let's talk about our Native American designers. There are some brilliant designers working in the Native communities that no one's ever heard of, tragically
1: and they're not the you know placating clap for them oh that's yeah, nice yeah, yeah. they're like fucking amazing
0: fucking amazing and, and and shocking and disruptive yes i mean some of the best um uh, uh um hip hop music right now are coming from young native peoples on the res. i mm-hmm. uh, and, and i'm amazed at how clearly uh these young people are speaking to the systemic uh racism and and uh you know, the terror of 400 years. So, um, and that impacts the fashion. I mean, doesn't, doesn't the way you live your life, doesn't that impact what you design?
1: Oh, it totally does. It totally does. When I, when I am in a brain space where I am taking care of myself and living a life where I'm in a really good design and brain space, um, I am, I am dressed up, I have my makeup slash my, you know, my concealer and face cream with my little scant eye makeup and I I get myself ready for the day. I prep myself for the day. But when I am in a super, super um, low spot, um, I'm wearing bike shorts and a bra that's not really supposed to be peeking out of a shirt and looking pretty schleppy. And so I think it makes a difference the energy that you come to stuff. And I um, posted on our TikTok the other day that I was wearing a, you know, a t-shirt and pair of shorts going to my fashion um, podcast recording. And so like, for me, it was also this jarring wake up of girl, that ain't right. (laughs) Fix
0: it. I I actually tend to like get up and act like I'm going to work. I get up, that's the day I shave. That's even though we're not doing video, I make sure I look spiffy, I'm scrubbed up, and I put sometimes um, it, it's an in joke around here. I do spend an inordinate amount of time sometimes looking like somebody's homeless uncle. I get it. Just because you know, it's an industrial shop and I'm alone, it doesn't matter. I want comfort and I want something that I can get filthy with dye and ink and markers and oil and grease. So I don't have to look good, but well, when it I, counts, you I look good.
1: Well, yeah, I see. And, and I would say that that's true. When it counts, when I know that I'm going to go someplace and um, that it, it's important um, that I pay homage to a designer that I'm visiting or whatever that happens to be. But the other portion of this um, very Dorian gray mirror for me is reaching the age of invisibility. And I think maybe that's something that we should talk about in another episode too, for, and I'm not sure whether you've had enough women in your life talk about reaching a certain age where like you can literally walk through anywhere and you are not seen. And um, I think that that's why so many older women start to get real quote unquote mouthy and loud is that um, they get mm-hmm. real fucking frustrated with it.
0: <laughs> I, I just figured it's because they finally figured out that men couldn't do shit about it anyway and, and wouldn't bother. So uh, continuing to be polite to keep some man from getting angry doesn't make sense after a certain point, mm. I would say, but I'm not a woman, so I don't know. Um, but I'll add that one to our, our ever-growing uh, list. And to- Totally valid. Totally valid. You know, um, I've, <laughs> the amount of anti-wrinkle, anti-sagging propaganda that's going out and all of these things to keep you from wrinkling or sagging. My God, if you've made it to the age where you're starting to wrinkle and sag, you've done well. You made the cut. Mm -hmm. I don't know who gets to decide that that is not beautiful.
1: Well, that's certainly somebody making money off of the message that you're not beautiful.
0: Right. And, and, Mm -hmm. you know, I, 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 it's easy for me to say because I, I don't have a wrinkle on my face yet, but let me tell you, people, the rest of my body's aging. I'm looking at my hands get dry and veiny and old man bony, and I'm looking at little possibly liver spots because I'm nearly sixty. Oh, um, I, I am. I, I got a little bit of crepe on my neck now, like an old person has. So, and I don't find any of this unattractive. Never mm-hmm. have. Scars are beautiful. It's it's like this is the path your life took. How amazing for you. And that's not to say that I don't think that people should do cosmetic things. If you if you would feel better, do it. But yeah. no one's shamed into making changes to their body. I think that bodies are beautiful. And I think that old women are beautiful. And I think that old men are beautiful and attractive and viable and worthy. Yeah. But I'm a sapiosexual. So the more knowledge you have, the harder you make me.
1: Thank you for joining Advanced Fashion Disruption. This was our episode six, and we're so happy that you joined us again today. We'll see you on Friday, where we have our PFFF Serb phone of fashion friend Friday. If you'd like to talk to us about all things fashion, passion in your life, let us know. Drop us a line on our website at advancedfashiondisruption.com. And as always, if you can support Ukrainian designers, please go to angelforfashion.com and pick a designer and up. Grade your wardrobe. Thanks for listening.